Welcome once again to the Irish NFL podcast, brought to you in association with Titan Roofing, the one-stop shop for all your roofing needs in Dublin. Um, you'll now find us not only in our usual spots, but also available every week on Spotify. And I'm Mark Cockrell, a week one excited NFL fan, and I'm joined as always by my two good friends, Brian O'Leary and Gordon Bridgefield, who are like two little kittens waiting to open their present of ball of wool on Christmas Day. Gents, good evening to you. Good evening, Mark. Good evening. That may be the first and last time you're ever referred to as a kitten, but, uh, you know, I hope, hope you enjoy it anyway, guys. Um, with that, and let's continue the, the catarific theme, um, what kind of news is stirring in the kitty litter of the NFL this week, Gordo? Mark, it's been a, an interesting 24 hours, uh, to say the least, and, and I'm delighted to say we're going to kick it off with a nice hot and steamy take on the Irish NFL podcast. Uh, uh, Odell Beck, <laughs> I'm, try, I'm, try, I'm trying my best to keep a straight face as I go through this one, but Odell Beckham Jr., uh, wide receiver for the Browns, has been, it has been claimed by a podcast in America, Hot Tots it's called, um, you're familiar with that one, Mark, I, I think, have claimed that uh, Odell Beckham Jr. enjoys having um, females take a number two on top of his chest. Um, is the most polite way I can say it. Now, it's hilarious. It's just one of those kind of, it's one of these podcasts in America that they literally built their reputation around coming out with these uh, outrageous stories. One previous, a few weeks back, was during the NBA season when the teams were in the bubbles. One of the girls slept with the entire uh, Sixers NBA uh, starting team. So that's the style of the, the podcast that this story has come from. But Odell Beckham Jr. has put up an Instagram to uh, correct this story and put out his own version. Uh, and he's titled it, Can't Knock Me Off My Pivot, No Matter What Shit's Thrown My Way. So uh, I think he's, uh, he's laid that one down fairly quickly. But yeah, a nice one just to start our night with Odell Beckham Jr. and some of his uh, nighttime activities that he may or may not enjoy. We, we don't that, judge the NFL podcast. A lot, a lot of shit stirring there, Mark. Oh, my God. Bro. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, I mean, like we we should continue. We should consider that, given his experience both with the Giants and now with the Browns, he's certainly seen a lot of shit. But still, um, yeah. Look, there's the, the pun. The, it's pun central for the night, I think. Uh, but I'll move. I'll move on very quickly and please rapidly, rapidly. Proper proper NFL news uh, over the last twenty four hours. Jadavian Clowney has picked his team. Has decided to make a shit ton more money again, and has gone with the Titans. Um, it's an interesting story. One-year deal, $15 million. Um, he's obviously going back to uh, uh, a coach that knows him well. Um, but one of the interesting parts about this is the side story that I have to give credit to Brian pointing out was some unusual tactics that were trying to be used by the New Orleans Saints in getting Clowney to play for them. So it was reported and it's been pretty much confirmed in inner circles in the NFL on Twitter that the Saints had made an agreement with the Cleveland Browns who would sign Jadavian Clowney to a $15 million contract, pay him $5 million up front, then trade him instantly to the New Orleans Saints who could afford him. And I think if you listen back to last week's episode, we did discuss how we thought the Saints could possibly be going for Clowney because of everything with Kamara, the fact that they're pretty much over the cap next year, everything like that. But apparently the NFL stepped in and said, no, 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 you can't do that. 
So apparently the Saints were going to trade a second round pick and a potential player, take yeah. Clowney off Brown's hands and pay the 10 million. You can't pay for picks. This is one of the NFL's mantras in relation to it. So they, they, I understand that the Saints reached out to the NFL to say, hey, would this be okay, guys? And they struck it down, uh, even the theory of it. But yes, look, our, our very own Brian O'Leary called it very clearly last week. He was like, Clowney, the Titans, that's where I see him ending up, you know. Um, so kudos. Inside information, Mark. Inside information, yeah. Well, yeah. 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 Follow them very closely. Credit where credit's due. I, I, I'll give Brian that one. Uh, other contract news, um, Ramsey, who obviously made the big move to the Los Angeles Rams and part of that move without having a contract put in place, which I think we all kind of called at the time saying, Jesus, the Rams are taking a chance. And to be fair to Ramsey, he's been paid. He has made the big bucks. Five-year, 105 million contract. Arriving in that Brinks truck last year seemed to work in his favor this season. So... He's now become the highest-paid cornerback of all time. I think he's also, yeah, highest-paid cornerback of all time. Uh, so massive contract by, by average average salary guaranteed. Yes, you're absolutely right. I think there's 72 million guaranteed in it as well, which is a huge sum. A huge, huge number, and good good to see it happening because I think that was one of the kind of stories we're all trying to figure out. What was the point in that trade if you're not going to lock up Ramsey? So um, good good to see it happening. They didn't, they didn't leave themselves many chances, got um choice. Like given the twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one first round picks, he was always going to get paid. But now you look at the Rams, um they backed up the Brings truck for Aaron Donald. I think we'd all do that any day of the week in a great pick. They backed up the Brings truck for Todd Gurley. Whoops, that one didn't work out. They backed up the Brings truck for Jared Goff, and that's a decided maybe. I think it's fair to say. So, you know, they don't have the greatest of records in this space at the moment. Yeah, and I think then moving on and staying on the cornerback train at the moment, um, Aqib Talib has just suddenly retired. Um, so he has retired at uh, earning just under 72 million among cornerbacks. I think he kind of led the gravy train for what Ramsey has just received. So seventh among cornerbacks of all time. Across 12 seasons in the NFL, played with the Bucks, Patriots, Broncos, Rams, and the Dolphins, uh, and five-time Pro Bowler, and obviously Super Bowl champ with Denver in that amazing season uh, with the Broncos. So yeah, uh, Talib has retired, which has made way obviously for Ramsey to step in and uh, continue the the role that he's been brought into from last season. Uh, yeah, for Yeah, no, just any. I'm just going to touch on he's he was a great player over the years, and we'll sort of, I think I recall a pick six on Tom Brady in my high if I if I remember. Actually, which was a, a nice one at the time. It wasn't a pick six, but it was a pick. That was in the same game where he had maimed Wes Welker intentionally. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He, it's, good, it's good to remember the good, point, the good moments, you know? Yeah, I thought you might and everything. But no, he was a good player. The Pats picked him up cheap for a fourth rounder and Belichick kind of revitalized his career um, at the time. And then he went on to, to the Broncos and other teams to make good money. But yes, a great player. You know, a little bit of a cop out, though, you know, retiring nine years younger than like other players, like I don't know Tom Brady, but still. Yeah, I don't think Tom Brady could play cornerback, though, could he? Vince Wilfell could play cornerback. That's the scary thing. Tom Brady maybe should have retired. We'll see next week. Yeah, we'll, we'll see next week. We'll see on Sunday. Then there's fighting words. To finish, to finish out the news, three quick fire ones then for us. Um, Adrian Peterson has signed for the Lions. So, you know, there you go. Not sure exactly what he's going to do down there or 
how he's going to be used in that offense because they're not going anywhere this year, the Lions. But an interesting <laughs> signing. We thought he'd get picked up by someone. And Broncos, massive blow for Broncos. Von Miller, gone for the season with an ankle injury. Um, I think any chance that... Well, 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 wait a second. Wait a second, Gordo. Sorry, was that the the Broncos? The the Broncos. You mean like I mean we gave Brian credit there for the old uh, clowny call, but the the Broncos they're the lock. It's all locked in according to Brian O'Leary. You know they're. It's gonna... a it's a huge blow to my playoff predictions of the Broncos. I woke up this morning seeing the Von Miller news, and it's 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 reflective even in the in the. I know we're going to get to talk about the betting on each game. It's already reflected. Yesterday the Broncos were. Minus a point going into the game on Monday night. The, the handicap is torn. And now the Titans are minus two and a half points. So it's a huge blow for the Broncos. In a defense that Mark, you said was going to be poor this season, but I actually had high hopes for. But uh, I'm not losing faith in them just yet. Well, I said they've, they've dropped from where they were. And the last big linchpin was Von Miller, who's still one of the great pass rushers in the NFL. But yeah, sad yeah. news for him. Um, Bradley, Bradley Shaw will have to step up now. Too much. Too much on him. But still, we'll see. We'll see. Um, and then finishing off then with some uh, expected but sad news. Uh, Ryan Chazier has officially retired from the NFL. Um, Pittsburgh Steelers linebacker. So again, for the last two seasons, he's been still, he has still been an active. He's still been on the roster for the Steelers on the pup list. He's been paid by the Steelers. It's official retirement. He's put out a teary thing. Look, don't get, don't get sarcastic about it, Mark. He's a Steelers player that has just retired, all right? I can see you. Look, getting all excited in the background. Relax. It's right. pity, he's not, pity he wasn't uh, selected for Monday night. I would have yeah. been delighted to see him in the lineup. Deserved, he deserves a mention on his official retirement, lad, so I had to bring it in, and I'm mentioning it. All right. Okay. You're, you're right, Joe Golden. We need to bleed some more black and yellow, clearly. Um, exactly. 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 I think you're falling back in love with the Steelers, Gordon, eh? Sherlock is in uh, no news is good news, as we've been saying uh, so far over the, the off-season, Brian. So hopefully the Steelers will be back in top of my list as my favourite team to be following this year. But look, I'm not going to say no on the Falcons just yet. Um, Gordo, actually, I want to wrap, I mean, we'll wrap up the news and we want to put it, you know, on the radar and on the record here now and everything. So Brian is 100% true blue, Giants fan all the way. I am 100% a Patriots fan, but I am going to have a sneaky love and look at the Tom Brady Buccaneers this year and see how they get on. Um, certainly, it's going to be interesting to see. But come on, Gordo, officially, how many teams now are you this season? Officially, officially, I am a Steelers fan, true and true. But at times, like that kid in the playground that likes to play with every other kid's toys, I like to just, you know... See what's out there and play with it at the odd time. So, Browns last for the last few years. They've let me down. I'm now on the books for the old school train. I'm an NFL fan, Mark. That's what I am. I am uh, NFL I, fan. I, ho- I hope the new girlfriend isn't listening to this podcast. As That's wise. I, I like to play around. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sometimes I look to see what else is there and play with it for a bit. Yeah. Only in a sporting context, guys. Jesus. Um, but no, that's so that is the roundup of the NFL news. But like, before we move on and before we get to the serious point of the podcast, Brian uh, or Mark, I do want to bring it up. I am representing the Irish NFL podcast this year in the off the ball um, NFL fantasy league. So I was invited to represent it. I decided to take our name and represent us in it. I picked a nickname as Prime Time because I feel that's the way the season's going to go for me. And literally just before we went live, I've just done my NFL fantasy draft. So I want to run through the picks, just throw them out to you, Mark. 
let you digest them. Give me your grade, and then we'll move on to the to the real to the real. Okay, agenda. okay. How many how many teams are in it, and what's the status of the league? What's the the scoring structure? So 12, 12 teams and uh, general scoring structure. So again, receptions, etc. It's on the ESPN Fantasy League okay. uh, roster picks. So again, it's one starting quarterback, two starting running backs, two starting wide receivers, one flex, kicker, defender, etc. So uh, I won't lie, I had Brian give me a few bits, tips of advice before this. So I'm, rather than going through round by round, I'm just going to throw you out the roster and we'll, you, you can see where I am. So my starting roster for week one at the moment, quarterback, the old reliable, Tom Brady. Running backs, Derrick Henry, Marlon Mack. Wide receivers, Mike Evans, Amari Cooper. Tight end, Austin Hooper from the Browns. Uh, flex slash wide receiver, Stefan Diggs. Uh, then defense chargers, and then I've got Booker, uh, the kicker from the Kansas City, uh, City Chiefs. Because let's just be honest, they're going to score a shit ton of points, so he'll be out there kicking a lot of a lot of points. On my bench, I've gone heavy on wide receivers. I picked six wide receivers for my team this year. So I've gone Brandon Cooks, I've gone Christian Kirk from the Arizona Cardinals, Jerry Judy, and then I've gone Sony Michelle on running back, uh, T.J. Hawkinson as my secondary tight end. Chris Thompson from Jacksonville, and then Jimmy Garoppolo is my backup QB. Back to the old days, backing up Tom Brady. That's a lot to digest, Merrick, isn't it? That's a lot to digest, Brian. I mean, look, I'm going to love um, Brady through and through, but as a, and I think he's going to do some amazing things in Tampa Bay. I'm not sold on him value as a fantasy quarterback, to be honest. Derek Henry, yeah, cool. There's a lot of boom and bust players in that, Gordo. But hey, look, wishing you well in relation to it. Jimmy G is the backup. Is a, I like the throwback. Um, but yeah, not convinced on your running back choices necessarily, Gordo. But look, like prime time, maybe you'll um, you'll dazzle on offense and defense. We'll surprise everybody. So hey, I will keep us. I will keep you all abreast every week on the pod of how I got on. Gordo, who was your first round pick? I'm going to ask. Derrick Henry. Okay. Yeah, I went. I, I, I went strong. Went reliable. I didn't panic. I didn't pick Tom Brady until the seventh or eighth round. I held out. And so that's fair enough. That's you know, Jesus. If you said to me you picked Tom Brady in the first round, I'd slap you around the head. To be honest, but okay, fair enough. Um, Sorry. Anyway, let's back, keep back. going. Let's get on to the games, guys. Let's get on to the game. We unbelievably are going to have a season where we're at least going to have a week one. Um, the NFL is all ready to rock and roll. And here we are in week one of the NFL season. Um, looking forward to some great games. I'm delighted to announce that we've partnered up with horseridingbuddy.ie for the upcoming season. So you'll be able to find all of our NFL tips, picks, um, and particularly bad gambling selections, ladies and gents, on their Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook page. Uh, and especially if there's games we don't get to, you'll find our updates and our views in that regard. Um, we may have some good bets or suggestions for week one. I will defer to the, the the gambling giant in due course for some of those. But let's do a rundown. Season's going to start um, you know, very, very soon, guys. It's imminent now with the Texans at the Kansas City Chiefs. Brian, the line at the moment on this is ridiculous. It's the Chiefs minus nine. But how do you see the game going? How are you seeing it from a betting perspective as well? I was very surprised by the line, Mark. Minus nine is quite heavy over the top, but um, especially as the Texans have actually done reasonably well when they've got into Arrowhead in the past couple of years, with the, probably the exception of the championship 
sorry, not the championship, but the playoff game where they were up by a couple of scores and Bill O'Brien managed to self-destruct and pretty much gave up three or four touchdowns very quickly in the game. But last year they went into Arrowhead and won. But I think a lot of it is around the unknown factor with the Texans and how they're going to react to Hopkins not being there. Uh, the news this evening is that Brandon Cooks is very unlikely to play, which is probably doesn't come as a surprise to you, Mark, because you have called out quite a few times that he's always an injury concern. But um, I still think they're stacked in terms of they've got uh, Cobb coming in from the Cowboys. Um, someone that we didn't mention last week is Stills that came in from the, from the Dolphins. He's still a good long, a long ball threat. Uh, Fuller. But again, do I see them winning the game? No, I think the Chiefs will win the game. But I'm not sure whether the Chiefs will cover the handicap. Um, I think the expectation is because they won the Super Bowl last year, it's inevitable they'll go out and be all guns blazing. But you never, you, you don't know week one, and especially the, the off-season that we've had. Chiefs to win, but not to cover. Excellent to cover. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'll just share, I see the exact, very similar to you, the way you described it all. The Chiefs are going to be explosive. They are... 100% the, the form team, but I'm not sure week one everything's going to click and they're going to be that far ahead, especially with a you know empty arrowhead. They're not going to have that home field advantage. They're not going to have that same um, atmosphere, which is going to be very surreal for the players that normally play there more than anything. Um, they say 30% of NFL games are decided by either three points or seven points, and that's the way I've got this. I've got to line more at the Chiefs by a touchdown as opposed to nine. Yeah, no, because then it's the Chiefs all the way. We've been saying it all season or all preseason that the Chiefs are one of the better suited teams to the way COVID has treated the offseason. They've got the most structured team. They've just come off of an amazing season. I, I think they cover that easily. And yeah, I'm going to say they covered easily by 11 or 12 points. Oh, wow. Okay. Brian's uh, Gordo's going heavy on them. So um, one o'clock will hit on Sunday. We'll all have Game Pass open. We'll all be kicking back and finally going, thank God there's sport here. And on the 1 p.m. slot, we have obviously Fox and CBS splitting it. Um, one of the games that stands out to me, mainly because of recent times and recent vintage, Seahawks at the Falcons. Again, the line on this at the moment uh, is Falcons plus two, um, which seems tight. But um, I'd share, I mean, like, I, I've not been as high on the Seahawks this year, as you know, um, in terms of I think this might be the year they finally stretch too far. Um, but equally, I do think the Falcons could be underrated. And if they want to do anything in that very, very competitive NFC South, they're going to have to come out the gates blazing um, and they're going to have to win the game fundamentally. Uh, they have the technical home field advantage. Um, Matt Ryan is still a very good quarterback. He's one of the great, yeah, he's a great Peyton Manning. He's a great regular season quarterback, but don't know if I trust him in the postseason. Um, and he still has great weapons there. He still has great options in terms of tight end wide receivers. Um, Julio Jones is still there, guys. I mean, he's still an unbelievable player, um, uh, as well as Ridley as well, of course. So, you know, I think the Falcons, with the pressure they're going to be under in their division, in their division in particular, um, are going to eat this out. And I don't really have them to cover. I've got them to win it outright this game. Yeah, yeah. I, sorry, Gordon. Yeah, I agree with you, Mark. Um, as I said, we, I'm high on the Falcons this season, and I'm actually, you know, very much in the same boat as yourself in terms of I don't see Seattle making the playoffs this year. We'll be very competitive, and I can see Seattle being the team as as always that will be in the game till the very end. But I I actually do fancy the Falcons, and I was quite surprised to see that uh, they were getting the points at home 
with the off-season that the City Hawks have had, I would have thought the Falcons would have been slight favourites going into the game, but the fact that they're getting the two points, it's it, for me, it's a home win. Um, I expect a high-scoring game and potentially maybe a late field goal to win it for the Falcons. Yeah, I think it's just, uh, to be honest, either team could take this one, but I'm kind of surprised that the the route they've gone as well with the Falcons at plus two. I'm uh, I'm on the Falcons as well for this one, but to be honest, I think it's just going to be a fun game. I think it's going to be a very high-scoring game as well. I think the total points for betting on this one is 49.5, so that's generally what I I look at all of the points. I, I, I prefer betting on that. I think it's a good crack. I think this is going to be a high-scoring game. I think they'll easily hit the 49.5 points for this game. Stuff. Okay. Um, next, ladies and gents, the New York Pets at the Buffalo Jills. Oh, sorry, Jets at the Bills. I, I won't. I won't keep you for too long on this one, Mark. This will be certainly going into the bet at the end of the program, and it could probably even go into the, the banker of the week. And um, the, the handicap is six and a half. And um, I think it could be nine and a half. And I still think the Bills will win, and the Bills will win going away comfortably. I, I imagine this game is going to be over. By the third quarter, I'll look probably very silly next week when it comes down to a cliffhanger, but yeah. I see the Bills winning by at least two touchdowns. Yeah, I, I'm, I've been high on Josh Allen all of off-season. I think the Stefan Diggs move was one of the best moves as well we've seen in quite a long time. And I think they're going to have a bit of fun week one, and this is an easy, easy win. Um, I agree the Bills are going to win this, but I always remember it's an intra-division game. Bills and Jets in recent times, especially the week one games, have always been really, really tight games closed out at the end. Look, don't get me wrong, Jets are the pets. They are going to be the bottom of this division. Um, oh, I hope. I hope it's not the Pats anyway. Um, but um, I don't have the Bills covering necessarily. I think it's going to be a lot tighter uh, purely because of the interdivision aspects. But we shall see. Um, another interdivision game, um, Bears at the Lions, the now Adrian Peterson fueled Detroit Lions. The line on this one is the Lions minus three. And one bit of news we didn't touch on is that Mitch Trubitsky has been confirmed as the Bears quarterback, at least for week one. The funny thing is, with, uh, Trubitsky has a very good record against the Lions in terms of his general overall play in the games. And the results kind of coincide with that the, the, the Bears are on a very good run against the Lions it's a tough one to call this is actually one of the tougher games I've seen arguments the way the Bears should be selected and the fact they're plus three then I see people talking about the Lions I'm torn on this one I really am I'm going to lean I'm going to go with the Lions just because they're at home and I think people are going to very down on them but I think their offences can be quite explosive yeah, I'm. I, again, I know I've made some comments on this podcast about Matt Patricia and what he does and doesn't do with his pencil, but I'm kind of of the view. I think minus three against the Bears. I think Trubisky has been thrown in there. They're waiting for him to make a mistake before they get rid of him. Um, and I think the Lions at home in a dome, like you know, on AstroTurf, I think the Lions will cover this one. Yeah, this is the Lions for me all the way, unfortunately. Um, you know, it's tempting to take the Bears with the points because nobody knows what's going to come out in week one, but um, I just can't see it. Um, it's the line you know, on the pencil, Gordon, sticking her up as, you know what, that's for the... Yeah, 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 we're back to Odell, are we? Um, anyway, uh, the uh, to close out this division, of course, then we also have the Green Bay Packers at the Minnesota Vikings. Um, and somewhat in line with, you know, what we were all predicting last week about the Vikings being the favourite in this division... The Vikings are giving two and a half points. It's minus two and a half points. Um, 
to the Packers in this regard. Um, Gordo, go to you with this one first, because obviously, you know, Aaron Rodgers might be coming out all guns blazing and all guns firing, but he needs 52 other players with him there. Um, how do you see it? I think this is a really tight game, um, to be honest. I don't think the Minnesota Vikings um, are as good as last year. We talked about them. We still think that they'll perform to a certain standard. But I think Aaron Rodgers, he doesn't have a point to prove. But he does. Like, as in the offseason, obviously, they've made the trade or they've made the draft pick that they've made. It's Aaron Rodgers. He is all nicey-nicey to the press. But we know the sort of character he is. I think week one, he's going to come out. And if he has to carry them on his own back, like he's done many times in the past, he'll do it again. And I think, yeah, I, I think Green Bay will, will get the win in this one. I don't think it'll be a heavy win, but I think it'll be comfortable come the end of it. I'm going to go against you on this one, Gordon. I'm, I'm confident on the Vikings. I'm confident in the Vikings for the division. And uh, the last couple of years, the Packers have had their numbers to a certain extent in terms of when they've gone into Minnesota. But I see that changing this Sunday. I think it's going to be very difficult for Rodgers to move the ball up and down on this defense without, without you know, the additional players that he felt he needed in terms of wider savers, and I think it'll be shown on Sunday. Um, as I said, I still think the Packers will make the playoffs, but I don't see them starting off the season well, and I have the Vikings to win and cover. Yeah, one, one of the things I think is going to be intriguing the opening weeks of the season is how conjoined offensive lines are going to be with the limited practice and their preseason, etc. Um, you know, O-line coaches will really be earning their butter. And whenever you've got, shall we say, uh, an O-line that you could raise question marks over against the defense as penetrating as Minnesota's, including the new firepower in Ngokwe that they just acquired, um, you know, I think that could be an intriguing matchup and Rodgers will have to escape out of a straitjacket to do anything more. I uh, am equally on the the Vikings to cover in this one. Um, now, here's a game. Miami Dolphins at the New England Patriots. Patriots on this one are at minus six and a half. I, you know, I, I won't take this one, guys. I'll do the, the honour of passing it to Gordo, first of all. Appreciate it. Thanks, Thanks for that pass, Mark. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah, I think this is, again, what, minus six and a half for the New England Patriots, who have had a difficult offseason, to say the least, um, with everything that's going around. New quarterback in place. Um, I'm actually listening to a really good, it's well worth listening to for you, Mark, to become the new Cam Newton fan. The Cam Chronicles on Spotify, well worth a listen by The Ringer, uh, detailing everything from his move right up to now. I think he'll come in, he'll have a good first game. I'm going to go with the Patriots to win, but I don't think it's going to be a easy win. I think this is going to be like the end of last season where the Dolphins did what the Dolphins do best and, you know, create an upset. So I think um, it could be a really tight game, but I think the Pats will pull it out first game, first uh, game of the season. Right. I actually agree with Gordon 100% on this. And I, I, I take the Dolphins plus the points and it's not so much the, the calm situation. It's the, Fitzpatrick tends to start the season very well and then he tends to fall off the cliff around week five, week six. So I could see him coming out this week, being very motivated after losing his mother there recently, putting up a very good performance and Dolphins in general putting up a very good performance. But I think where I've seen Cam before is that down the stretch he tends to just put out these drives at the end to get the Panthers in the pass into a winning position with field goals against the Giants, for example, where it's a 60-yarder, you know, so... 
yeah, I think uh, it could be a field goal game and I think the Pats will just win it. Yeah, um, I'll be honest, look, at least it's in Gillette rather than down in Miami. So, you know, usually the Patriots and the Dolphins have been splitting their series um, with throwaway games or thrown away games by the Pats last couple of seasons down in Miami. Um, but um, to me, everybody forgets how slowly the Patriots usually start the season. Um, I'll be honest, when I'm putting money on this one, I'm taking the points with the Dolphins. And I can definitely see a valid argument if somebody wanted to pick the Dolphins outright on this. Personally, I've got the Pats squeaking it out at the end, but definitely the points with the Dolphins would be the way to bet it. I was, I was quite surprised by um, the mix of people who are selecting the Dolphins. You know, you go through these website selections, you know, usually it's a 70-30 split, give or take, but no, it's quite mixed. It's quite even. There's a lot of people... You yeah. do, and it, and this is a win, but not just the points. It's people actually. Oh, no, straight win. I can see, I can see the argument for it very strongly as well. And and like I say, last few seasons, Patriots have used the opening games. Now you could say maybe it was Brady, or maybe it was other things, but they use the opening few games almost like an extended preseason to embed the team in a little bit more, um, which led to losses in games like against the Panthers a couple, of, uh, you know, a couple of times, starting off two and two being more common. Um, I can definitely see the strength of the Dolphins side against the, the Pats here. Um, naturally, I'll be hoping they crash and burn and Brian Fitzpatrick um, lives up to his nickname. But we'll, we will only know when the game starts, guys. Um, to round out, continue on the one o'clock games, the Philadelphia Eagles. We'll go to your favorite division, uh, uh, Brian. Philadelphia Eagles at the Washington football team. Eagles, the line is roughly about the Eagles with six and a half uh, off. This is one that I just can't get a, a grasp on because everybody's expecting the Redskins to be so poor this season and everybody is mixed on the Eagles because they just don't know what the situation is on Wentz. But interesting enough, an Eagles fan actually contacted us after listening to our podcast last week and he said that Wentz isn't injured. They've just been using that as a smokescreen because... The offensive line hasn't been great in preseason in terms of the training camp, and they're worried that he would get himself injured. So the, the line wants to just make it out that Wentz was carrying an injury and take him out and take him out of firing line. I still think the Eagles will win. Do I think they'll be convincing? No, I just don't trust Haskins as a quarterback. Despite what Ron uh, Riverboat Ron is coming out with, how he's the quarterback for them. I'm not convinced. I think if there's any other quarterback there outside of Alex Smith, because obviously he's coming back from that. Serious injury, I think he'd be starting. I think the Eagles will win, but I'm not. Uh, I think they'll cover. I don't think it's the kind of game I want to be watching, though. Yeah, no, I think this is going to be one of those games where there's going to be mistakes everywhere. It's just, yeah, I, I agree with everything Brian just said there. I think it is going to be the Eagles are going to win it. I think they'll cover it by probably about seven points. Um, but I think Wentz will have an okay day, but I just like Haskins, I don't trust him. We haven't seen enough from him. And I do think it's a, it's a rebuilding year for the, the Washington – sorry, did I say the Redskins? No, I didn't. The Washington football team. Jeez, I'm going to have to correct myself and keep an eye on that one all year. The Washington football club or team or whatever they want to call themselves are just going to have one of those years where the games they watch, they play, you're not going to want to watch them, I don't think. No. And I'm, I'm with you guys, and it's going to be a strange one, but I've got the Eagles in my book in relation to this. Um, the uh, with Even with the, the points off. You were saying, Brian, I'm sorry, Gordo, about having to watch yourself on the Washington football team. The one I'm going to have trouble with this season is going to be the Las Vegas Raiders, um, 
who I'm still going to assume are in Oakland. But the Las Vegas Raiders um, are going to be at the Carolina Panthers. Um, Raiders, for me, in this one, they're at minus three. That's too low a line. I have zero belief in the Carolina Panthers, despite the brilliance of Christian McCaffrey. Too many losses on offense, too many losses on defense. Matt Rule has had zero time to implement his new system. And guys, people don't like it, but Chucky has done a decent job in terms of the offensive coordination and organization there. Derek Carr hasn't been broken yet by him. This might be the season. And they've got plenty of weapons. So I've got the Raiders winning this, walking away. And I know, Brian, you were heavy on a bet earlier on. This would be my lock of the week, to be frank with you. I am far more bullish on the Raiders' capability, especially on pulling up points. And I do not rate the Panthers. Interesting enough, from a, from a better standpoint, up to last Sunday evening, you could have got the Raiders out of pick them. They couldn't split them. Then it quickly moved. The line has moved, I wouldn't say significant move, in the, but it's gone to minus three. It's not really a game I've really gone too into in depth in terms of analysis. I've kind of read up both sides of the argument as to why, you know, Matt Rowe has, has obviously gone into Carolina and people think he's going to change things around and people are very down on them. And there shouldn't be, there's not a lot of reasons as to why, but I think you've called it out. But I'll go with the Raiders because I think they're more of a embedded, embedded side at this stage. And I think Chucky's slowly putting a plan together. When it's good enough to get them into the playoffs, it's a very difficult division, but certainly I think they'll start the season with a win. I wouldn't be as high. I'm not as high on them as you guys, but I certainly think they'll win something. They're, they're, they're higher than the bloody Broncos, Brian, let's be fair. I'm not, I, I, I'm not as high on them as you are either, Mark, but I think uh, this is the sort of like, this is the NFL red zone sort of game. This is the one I think where you're going to see a lot of points. I think both offenses, we've, we've gone through the Raiders in particular with the new acquisitions they've got. But Matt Rule, who's been you know lauded as this offensive genius that's just come out of college. And with Teddy Bridgewater, a QB, I think it's actually going to be a really fun game if you like to watch offense. I think defense is going to be porous. It's going to be awful. Um, I think I've got the Raiders winning it. I don't have them winning it by much, but I do have them covering the total points, which again is roughly in around 47 and a half. I think this one could easily hit 60 points. I, I agree with you, Gordon. I have to say, I just had a quick quick peek there myself. 47 and a half. Yeah, I actually agree with you on your two overs so far. The Seattle game and this game. Certainly two I'd be considering for an over bet, yeah. So, um, Gordo, once the missus hears the line about the, you know, I like to go and shop it around and offer it around for everyone. Um, um you know, you know, like the choice in life, um, you're going to need to take her to the shops to, to make her happy and cheer her up in relation to it. And if you go into the shops anytime soon, one place which is selling, selling, selling is the Jacksonville Jaguars. And they're the subject of our next game where we have the Colts at the Jags and the Colts in the line on this is minus eight. Now, I've only really one question here, which is, will the Jags still have 53 players by the time the season starts, or will they have traded another five of them before that time? Like, this is just one of those games where I'm high on the Colts to a degree, like we always say, I think they're a really good team. But if it was any other team, I'd be saying it's going to be an absolute blowout. The Jags have no chance this is going to be an absolute walkover. I'm just not that high on the Colts actually scoring a lot of points. I think they're the better team. I think they will win this. I think they'll cover it. Not 100% sure if they'll cover it. No, I don't think they'll cover it. I think the Jags will still put up a defiant, we're not tanking sort of performance. 
Um, and, and Gardner Minshew will do something with that amazing mustache and just pull something out of the bag. But I think, uh, yeah, Colts to win it. Don't think it's a walkover, though, because I'm just, I don't know, there's something about the Colts that's just holding me back on that. It's, it's a dangerous line, but I'd say, um, thankfully, I was ahead of the game and placed a few bets last week, and I managed to get the Colts at minus six and a half. So uh, I'd be confident they'll cover the touchdown. I still think they'll win and cover the eight. Um, I think 10, 10 point win, you know, I think comfortably enough. Don't see enough out of the Jags, and they're in tanking mode already, and people say mm-hmm. they're not, but they are. This is a game where the Colts have to win because last year, towards the back end of the season, when they were going for the playoffs, they went in in similar circumstances, minus eight, um, and they lost. Obviously, they're going on. They're big and up this season. Everybody is in terms of the Colts for a real chance of challenging the Ravens and the Chiefs. And they've got Rivers in now, and everybody's saying this is just an opportunity. They've got to start. As you said earlier, Mark, teams need to come out all guns blazing. And to put a marker down in a division where teams tend to beat each other, they've got to win this game. Yeah. I, look, I'm with you both, actually. I think they've absolutely got to win it. I'm not 100% convinced in terms of the point spread. Um, that they will absolutely definitely cover, but you know, I would bet on them with the uh, with the points to to cover, um, but wouldn't feel uh, wouldn't feel a hundred percent confident or clean about it altogether. A little bit dirty. What's what's wrong with us tonight, lads? Because we're we're agreeing on absolutely everything. I'm I'm finding this really strange. Well, yeah. we're not we're not, we're not everything going agreeing on everything, Gordo. But um, we're just waiting for you to say something. You know, wonderfully extreme and out there. Like, it's, know, it's coming like, at some stage. Anyway, you're gonna you're gonna chop some bizarre yeah. team at us at some stage. Like like Deshaun Watson isn't a decent quarterback. You know, something like that. We're we're just waiting for those ones. Roll back the tape, please, and check the the exact quote. <laughs> well, we don't have time for that, but we'll move on. We'll talk about someone who was criticised as not being a, a decent quarterback, and then proved people horribly wrong last season. Lamar Jackson with his Baltimore Ravens will kick off the season at home to the Cleveland never will do. Uh, sorry, Cleveland Browns. Um, the Ravens are minus seven and a half. Gordo, um, unofficially, this is still your second team before you get on to the Falcons, Buccaneers, Cardinals, and everyone else. So, um, do they have any hope of covering, of embarrassing Lamar, of surprising the world? I like I've got the Ravens obviously going very far in the AFC this year, but to be honest, the spread at plus eight uh, on the Browns I think is a fair. And again, it's 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 an extreme cover to be honest. I I think the Browns blew them out in Baltimore last year, and uh, we all remember that. I do think Stefanski and I think Mayfield on the offense, regardless of what we think of you know Beckham and his out of office you know activities and everything else up there, they're still an unbelievable offense when they're on form. And I think Stefanski's going to bring that back. I just find, I think it's going to be close. I think the Ravens will win, but I don't think they're going to blow them out. And I think they won't cover the spread. And I think it'll be probably a three or four point game. Blowout. Blowout game. 100%. Ravens are going to win. Ravens are going to win. They're going to cover. Funny enough, the handicap start at nine and a half. And it's come down to seven and a half now. So I'm looking at that going, just bring it down to seven and I'll, 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 be, I'll be happy to take that on. I think they'll win. The over is 48 and a half, I think. I'll be, t- I'll be taking that. I think, I think the Ravens will put up a bit of 20 points on the Browns. I think this is back to the situation we discussed earlier where teams are starting the season with a lot of unknowns. And 
Jarrett's coming back. To, obviously, coming back after the ban for the for the Browns. I'm not convinced by the Browns' defense. Mm-hmm. And I think I think Lamar will have a day on them. The only thing that gives me pause on this one is actually Nick Brown, uh, Nick Chubb, sorry, uh, and Kareem Hunt, and whether or not that little tandem and Baker doing checkdowns and managing the game and taking time out the clock could be um, effective. If he wants to worry out to OBJ and Landry, I mean the game's effectively over. It's they're not. Uh, I'm not convinced in that connectivity. The Browns definitely have the weapons, but yeah, I, 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 um, I you've got to be on the, the Ravens to win it, and I'm definitely on them to cover. But there's a niggle. There's a niggle. You never just know with Cleveland, other than disappointing you. I, I didn't even touch on a very strong Ravens defense either, which I think would be well capable of managing. Yeah. And I know last year, when, I think it was week two, week three, the Browns went in and they actually beat the Ravens. But I just can't see it this time now. And I think the Browns have done well in the offseason, but I just think it's a bad game for them to start with. I think the well, Ravens that, are going that, That's why I say about that little niggle, because the, the Browns have played very tight in the intra-division games as well. And you've got to remember always that thing of coaches, of teams, of like, even sets of fans getting used to, to playing the team twice a year and they get to know their, their nuances. Um, but that's equally why the strength of that div- the defense on the Ravens and certainly their ball hawking that they demonstrated in the first six to eight weeks last season um, would make me concerned. So, yeah, with you guys, Ravens um, minus, uh, well, minus seven and a half, minus eight in some places, but you will get them for seven and a half. Um, we'll go to the afternoon slot games then, guys. Um, you know, one game on this stands out. Um, to be honest, uh, the Bucks at the Saints will be live on Sky Sports. The line at the moment, um, I think a pretty aggressive line, is the Saints minus three and a half. Yeah, it's probably the game that uh, arguably is the, the game of the week. It's certainly the most anticipated game in terms of the news and everybody leading up to it, the Tom Brady factor and everything that comes with it. I'm hoping it's not one of those games that it's a damn squib. Um I'm not going to be picking the Buccaneers. It just goes against everything I, I believe in with this game. Tom Brady, week one. I think people are underestimating the Saints. I know it sounds a bit mad to say that, but a lot of people are falling out in love with the Saints. But they're still arguably one of the best teams around. And I think the Saints will win. I do think they'll cover. I think it'll be a high score and a fair. Brady will do well. But I think the Saints offensively have still got more than enough to handle the Bucs and win the game. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Saints to win by a touchdown. Okay. More than a touchdown, did you say? No, sorry? no, a touchdown win. Oh, okay. Jesus. Gordo. This one, I, I just, I can't. I'm really struggling to split the difference in this one. And to be honest, when we get to going through the NFC, you'll, you'll understand why. But um, I, I think it's going to be, because it's at home, I think that puts the New Orleans Saints in the driving seat. I think it's a, literally it's a point or two that splits the difference. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game to start off the season. The spread at the moment is 49.5 points. I, you have to assume each team is going to score at least 20. For me, and the fact that it's in a dome as well on AstroTurf, I think this could be another one that I'm going to add to one of my overbets. Um, but I think if you have to go to head, I have to go to Bucks. I've been talking them up all all off season, so I'm going to say Bucks, but literally by a point or two. 
This, this is absolutely in my mind. I'm a grouper and I hope it's not a damn squid, but I see this being a race meet. Um, Tom Brady's 541 regular season passing touchdowns. Drew Brees is 547. I see Brady making up the gap by three in this game and basically out throwing. He's going to throw from the one yard line. He's going to throw from the 20 yard line from his own one yard line. It's going to be a pass fest um, and in control conditions in the dome. I don't blame him. Breeze will be the same. Of course, Brady has 614 touchdowns. We include playoff games, but, you know, just just saying, guys, just saying. Do you know, do you know what I think is the real factor in this game? Do you know what I actually think it'll come down to? It's not Brady or Breeze. It's whether the Bucks offensive line can handle the Saints defensive line. And if they can and give Brady the time to move the ball around, they'll be in the game. But if they don't start off well and the Saints get all over them, it could be a tough day. Well, I, I was actually, I mean... Not to over-agree with you, because it sounds boring, but uh, at the same token, I was going to say, whilst it's going to be, I think it's going to be a race meet, it's because I don't trust either defense necessarily. I think the Saints is better, but it's going to come to more a question of the defenses than the offenses in what's going to decide this. So you're picking the box, Merrick, eh? I'm picking the box outright. Okay. I'm not even to cover. Again, if you ask me for, uh, you know, an interesting trifecta, they would be in there to win outright on this. It's the first game where one of us has picked a team on their own. Yeah, I, well, I'll take, I, do you know what? I'll take the points because they're on offer, but I, I think they're just going to win outright. The well, next game I'm going to draw our attention to, the Los Angeles Chargers. See, even that one's still weird, Los Angeles Chargers. But at they are at the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, a tumultuous offseason, it could be said, for both teams. Both teams picked high... Uh, draft picks at quarterback. The Chargers are currently at minus three in this particular game. Um, looks like uh, Mr. Herbert will start front and centre for the Bengals, but uh, no, Mr. Herbert. Mr. Burrow will start front and centre for the, the Bengals, but Mr. Herbert may be on the bench, obviously still behind Tyrod Taylor. Um, uh, and maybe that explains the three points involved in this regard. Um, to me, it's probably a bit generous on the Bengals. I mean, they were so poor last season. There's a lot of adaptation to do. And they're going to take half the season, really, to get to know each other properly. So even though the Chargers are a flawed team, they've been better coached. Vance um, has been doing an amazing job, I think, with a lot of bad luck on injuries. So I have the Chargers taking this one running away. Yeah, I would agree with you. Um, not a game that I'm really overly concerned about in terms of get an opportunity to have a look at the game because obviously this is a game at the same time that we're all going to be viewed to. But um, when you look at it, I guess it's a bit of an unknown. How will Joe Burrow react in his first game? Uh, Chargers with Tyrell Taylor is reliable enough that he could get the win. I, yeah, I think Chargers will win. I wouldn't say, I don't think to be as comfortable as you make out, Mark, with this. I think they'll win the game by a touchdown, maybe 10 points. Nothing, nothing about this game really excites me. I think it's the Chargers defense that will be strong Tyroy Taylor a quarterback that meh he's just gonna like you say he's gonna play a controlled boring game and not make too many mistakes it'll just be interesting to see if does Joe Burrows come out as the the college quarterback that's you know chilling in the corner smoking a cigar and is confident or will the likes of that Chargers defense which is big big heavy guys coming at him like it'll be a true test for him I think it's gonna be close I don't see it being a, a knockout win for the Chargers but yeah, I think they'll win it. But 
literally, it's, it's going to be a boring game. I might watch this one on, for, on the two-minute review afterwards, but that's about it. Bit of red, bit of red zone, maybe, Gordon. Yeah. Gordon, I'm always intrigued about the colleges and places you go to that the college quarterback comes out smoking a cigar. But um... not see his LSU, his LSU championship game sitting in the locker room. He's like get prime time, prime time Joe Burrows. I'm big on him. Like I've been big on every other number one draft pick in the last few years. But that's not the point. You were big on Deshaun Watson a couple of years back. Unfortunately, that's gone a different way. So yeah, he's man, smoking man. something anyway. That episode. Um, we, we, we will come to the, uh, the Andrew Corbs, but before we do, the Cardinals at the San Francisco 49ers. The Cardinals, who have just re-upped and one bit of news about uh, De- DeAndre Hopkins' contract. Again, not really much option and no choice in relation to it, but um, they've given him what the Texans refused to do effectively uh, with a re-upped deal. Um, making him, uh, on average, salary, I think, the highest paid wide receiver currently in the marketplace. Um, there, as I say, at the San Francisco 49ers, the Niners minus seven is the line on this one. Gordo, how do you see this one breaking down? Yeah, and sorry for completely forgetting to talk about uh, DeAndre Hopkins and his contract and everything like that. I think the interesting point of that is just that he negotiated himself, but I just wanted to mention that one because I think it's cool. Uh, I, again, I think 49ers covered this one. I think we're all up on the Cardinals. I, I am a big fan of them. But I do think the 49ers are probably just a little bit too strong for, for the Cardinals in this game. I have been uh, gradually punting on this game for the bones of two to three months, showing a few quid on every couple of weeks and every, every odd change that comes through on the 49ers to comfortably win uh, and cover the handicap. So I've been, I've been back in minus six for quite a time now. So I'm very confident that they will, um, they will win. They will win this game on, on Sunday. Um, again, I don't know how the cards look with you there and I expect to see on Sunday that the 49 will win and show the team that got to the Super Bowl. Yeah, sorry. I mean, we covered the, the, the wonderful Texans uh, and the, their, jo- their game against Kansas City at the very start. And obviously, this is the team that DeAndre has uh, jumped the ship for with the Cardinals. I am less confident in the 49ers as we covered last week. I am more bullish on the Cardinals. But even I still don't see a world in which the Cardinals actually win this game um, pending a massive Super Bowl hangover being experienced by the San Francisco 49ers. So I'm, I'm with you guys that the San Francisco 49ers will win. I'm not as convinced they'll cover. I think it's going to be a tighter game and, and maybe more in the realm of a, a field goal. Um, or a touchdown and a push uh, in relation to it, um, because I'm more bullish on the Cardinals. Um, but rounding up then, a couple last final games to get to. Obviously, we've got the two games on Monday night, but before that, the big Sunday night football game you know, could, could be said to be the team of two teams of great disappointment during the 2019 season, the Dallas Cowboys at the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, current line on this is the Cowboys minus three. Uh, and we talked about the contract news and the big money now been given to uh, um, the, the the Rams, um, well, the many Rams players effectively, but the Cowboys obviously pay over the odds for their players very often, except one, Dear Dak, still sitting on his franchise tag without actually a long-term contract. Ryan, how do you see it going? Yeah, he, he may not have got his contract, but he's still getting 24 million for this season. Um, 
still personally think he's over overinflating the ego of himself, but um we'll see how the Cowboys progress this year. I don't, I do think they'll win the division. And I do think they'll start with a win on Sunday. Um, I've actually won the games I'll be quite confident on. They'll be going into the weekly bet. They're minus three. The Rams are playing in a new stadium with new surroundings, so we don't know how they're going to react to that. And as we touched on last week, they've um, they've left quite a few players go and they haven't seemed to have replaced them. Um, I think it's a transition year for them. And I think this is actually a good opportunity for the Cowboys to go in, which normally may turn out to be a more difficult game as the season goes on for teams against the Rams. But I think the Cowboys will start well and win this game. I think this is actually one of those games I think will be a comfortable win. I see this in the round. Two to three touchdowns for the Cowboys. Wow. Okay. Um, definitely <laughs> don't agree with you on that one. Uh, I'm, I, I'm not as up on the Cowboys. I've said it at the start, uh, last episode on the podcast when we went through them. I, I don't, there's nothing about them that super excites me. I think the fact that they got CeeDee Lamb is a really good pick this year. I think the Los Angeles Rams are probably going to be one of the better prepared teams in the NFL. And I think for a first opening game, that's probably one of the primary reasons I'm going to go with them in this one. I still think it's going to be close, but I think they're going to win it by potentially a touchdown. And that's just about it. Uh, but no, I don't see the Cowboys getting this one. I think it's the Rams will will cover this one. Okay. I'm actually more aligned with Brian. I think the Cowboys are going to win this by at least 10 points. Um, I do think the Rams' bubble has burst somewhat, and I'm not necessarily convinced they can get the mojo back. So um, Mike McCarthy is addition by subtraction. Uh, by subtracting Jason Garrett, you instantly got better. Uh, you might have replaced him in Madden with any coach, um, the New England coach, because Belichick doesn't license his name, but literally the average coach would have been an improvement on him. So um, I'm remain to be disappointed by the Cowboys as many people have been the last couple of years, but I, I think they'll be there. Um, wrapping up the last two Monday night games, then we'll start the Titans and the Broncos. Obviously there's been a big swing in this market. It used to be Broncos minus one. Now it's Titans minus two and a half um, with the Von Miller injury news. To be honest, guys, even before that, I was on the Titans on this game. I was heavy on the Titans for this game. Now I know, Brian, you're going to talk about the lock of the, the you know, Denver Broncos. I just think they're going to be unlocked constantly. But uh, you tell us what, how you feel now after Von Miller and your predictions of Bronco domination. Well, I've changed my tune on the game, unfortunately. You know, for, the, for any Broncos fans that, you know, listen to the podcast, I was quite high on them and I was picking them for the game. Um, but two teams have, have changed in the past week. Obviously, the, the Miller injury is a huge blow and um, takes away a big avenue for them in terms of getting to Tannehill, who, in my opinion, isn't as mobile as some people think. So I thought there was an opportunity there to get in on him when Henry wasn't running the ball. And then, like I say, it's, it's too early to say how effective Clowney will be on Monday night in the game, but I still think they'll get enough out of him and snaps to you know, disturb the situation. And, uh, yeah, I've changed my tune. I'm going to go with the, uh, the Titans to win the game. And I think the Titans will win the game on the back of Henry running through those gaps that are now there because Von Miller has gone out of the game. Yeah, I can't, uh, I can't pick Derrick Henry with my first pick in the fantasy draft <laughs> and, not, and not go with the Titans in, in, in their first game against the Broncos, especially with Von Miller gone. I think the Titans win this one. I think they probably win it handy enough. And I think Derrick Henry has a phenomenal week one and gets me a, a win on the fantasy football as well. Three, three touchdowns just for your uh, fantasy team, Gordo. All day. Um, 
that does lead us, however, to the last game of the week. Brian, you know, I have to go over to you on this one. So your New York Giants will have to wait till late to kick off their season, but they'll kick it off at home to the Steelers. And the Steelers are being backed at a minus six uh, in terms of the spread. On Monday morning, the, the handicap was only minus three and a half. It's quickly moved to minus six. Um, some of the factors for that is that the Giants' cornerback situation is a bit of an unknown. So people are concerned about our secondary. And then people are raving about how well Big Ben looks in, in training camp. That's great. It's, it's training camp. How would he be on, on Monday evening when he hasn't played a game for two years? And his offensive line today has lost two players. So they're going to do a lot of switching around. God, I, I, the Giants are going to win. Joe George is going to get his first win. And people are underestimating the Giants. We've heard from our resident Giants fan, now our resident Steelers fan. He's uh, shaking his head already. I'm sorry, but like, one, Ben Roethlisberger looks good in the offseason as a massive NFL vet. So, like, he's not a rookie. Of course he looks good. He's a good player. He's a quality player. And our defense is special at the moment in Pittsburgh Steelers compared to the Giants. Like, it's a Monday night football game for the Steelers. Like, this is what they kind of, they're known for. Um, I don't think the Giants I'm big on the Giants I, as I mentioned last week I do think they're going to go well this year but not in this game um, no chance I think this did, you, did you not have the Giants to win the division Gildo? I have, I have the Giants doing quite well but this is one of the losses that they're going to feel this season Mark and this is the right. at minus six for the Steelers I think they cover the minus six I think they win this well, by two Mark did, you know the great thing when the schedule came out and I saw the Giants playing at quarter past 12 on Monday and people are saying oh that's crap it's a it's a late game for you. I'll be, I'll, don't worry, I'll be up watching it. But I'll be able to enjoy my Sunday with a few beers and watch the NFL all night because come Monday morning, when, you're, when you get beaten, we, we'll see, we'll, we won't be beaten. Uh, uh, <laughs> and yet, if we win, we'll be a sinner 1-0 looking down at you at nearly 500. Um, look, it's pretty simple for me. Usually the tone the term Big Ben is looking good this offseason strikes fear into college girls around the campuses in America. But um, to be honest with you, um, I do believe it. I'm not bullish on the Steelers, but they are going to be the class act in that division to threaten the Ravens at least. They're winning this game, Brian, and they're covering, I'm afraid to say. Um, so I'm, I'm with, very much with the Steelers. That being said, boys, I should flip it generally to, you know, because last week we did our division picks. We've done our week one roll in. Week one is about to kick off. We're about to get into our 2020 season. Um, God knows it's going to be a strange season and we'll, we'll be dealing with the ups and downs as it goes through. But at the end of it all, in Tampa, like one of the key infection rates for COVID-19, of course, we will be in February, in theory, at a Super Bowl. But the road to that Super Bowl who is going to be in the championship games in the FC and the NFC? And who are the two teams and the winner of the Super Bowl? Right here, right now. Gordo. Well, look, I've made some bold claims. Uh, I'm, I'm known for some outrageous comments uh, in the past. But I stick by my comments. Uh, and I'm comfortable with the picks that I've made. So for the NFC, uh, one of my bankers to make it is the Bucks. It comes down to who will they be facing in the NFC and it's between the Saints and the 49ers. I think it's going to be the Saints. And I'm going with the Bucks. I've been high on them all offseason. I just think there's something special. I do think COVID has played a massive, massive part in that. So I've got the Bucks for the NFC. On the AFC, like, 
to be honest, I'll talk to talk you through my process, but there really is only one winner in the AFC. I think it's going to be the Chiefs against either the Bills or the Ravens. Um, but two teams were high up on. I think it's the Chiefs that win it outright, and then I think Chiefs do a double. I think they win the Super Bowl. So, sorry, who do you say? You said it's the Chiefs and the Ravens in the conference championships, or? I, I think it will be the Ravens instead of the Bills. I would like to see the Bills do it, but I still think they'll do it this year. So I think it'll be Chiefs against Ravens and Chiefs win it. And the Chiefs win the whole shebang, beating Old Man Brady. I'd love to see. I would love to see the Bucks win it, but I think if if I go in my head, it's Patrick Mahomes, the younger, more athletic, probably better looking QB. But yeah, I I would like to see the Bucks do it, but I think it's the Chiefs. So you're even talking about how. It was good looking now. Okay. AFC championship game will be, God, it's going to get boring. It's going to be the Ravens at the Chiefs. Chiefs are going to win and they're going to go to the Super Bowl. And then on the NFC side, you know how I feel about the Bucs. I'm not confident as you guys. I don't have them making the championship game. I have the Saints back. I've been running with the Saints for quite a long time and predicting them every year. This year, I think they will make it to the Super Bowl. And I think they'll beat the 49ers at home in the championship game. And it'll be a, it'll be a Saints-Chiefs Super Bowl. And I'm recording on this because I've already put 100 quid on the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl again at 7-1 to one earlier in the summer. So the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl two years in a row. And I think it's the first team to win the Super Bowl two years in a row since the Pats. Uh, it would be, yeah. The Pats in 03 and 04 was the last repeat Super Bowl winner. Um, the this is the problem about preseason because we could come out with something outrageous just for the sake of being outrageous. For me, I'm with you guys in the AFC. There is no way at the moment to legitimately see a way past the Ravens and the Chiefs um, making the making the conference championship. Yes, you can get a flyer like the Titans last year, and they could upset someone. But logically, there's no way it's anything else, and. Unfortunately for the Ravens fans, I can't see their run dominate game still controlling the Chiefs enough. It's possible, but they were found out last season and they'll make the championship game as far as it go. NFC is inherently more interesting. Uh, and like you, Jens, I do see the 49ers making a reappearance. I do still feel they're like the, they're the class act um, and they won't suffer as badly a post-Super Bowl hangover again. If they make it back to the Super Bowl... Um, after losing the year before, they'll also mirror the Pats, who were the last team to recently do that, of course. So uh, the second team is the more intriguing thing. And because I have the Bucks winning the division and stopping the Saints and the, making the road for the Saints more difficult, um, whilst I think the Saints are a great competitor in that division, I'm going to go a different direction. I'm going to say the Vikings will overturn years of hurt and at least make the conference championship. But then they'll get hurt in the conference championship and lose to the 49ers, who in turn, in a repeat, an entire repeat of the Super Bowl, will lose to the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, I think one thing I'd say is no matter what Super Bowl comes of it, and we've just lost our uh, resident, uh, it's just me and you, Gordo, at this moment in time. So this is the first time this has happened in the podcast. Um, whatever Super Bowl comes of the picks that we've given this evening, um, you've got the makings of a great Super Bowl. Oh, I think it's going to be a phenomenal kind of Super Bowl regardless. I think with the year we've had everything, it's just going to be one of those ones. I think we've kind of, we've gone through all of the games and we've kind of touched on a few of them, but uh, out of all the games, and it's one I know Mark has kind of challenged us on, what is the most exciting game 
before we get into the bets, and we will pick on a few of those, what's the most exciting game for you this weekend? Oh, well, I think it's just no doubt it, it is the Saints and the Bucks. It's the game that everybody's been looking forward to the most. Delighted it's at the, uh, the nine o'clock slot because it makes things a lot, um, a lot easier in terms of you know, get to enjoy the games earlier on in the evening. Yeah, and then we hit the, the game which everybody's looking forward to. Yeah, I think it's going to be one. I think that is the main game that we're all looking forward to as well. Um, I suppose, look, we have a few more bits and pieces to kind of run through before the end of the podcast. And as we kind of said at the start of the pod, we have teamed up with Horse Racing Buddy for the upcoming NFL season. So again, Brian, you are our resident um, better and you've been looking at quite a few bets for, for week one um, moving into the NFL season. And you will find all of Brian's bets and whether or not you want to follow them is up to yourself. But you'll find them on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook on the Horse Racing Buddy um, sites this season. So looking at week one, Brian, uh, I am not a gambler but I do like to win money. So give me one or two bankers that I can kind of put a few euro on to expect a decent return. When I called out earlier in the show, my banker bet is the Bills to cover the handicap minus six and a half. I think me and you were confident on that. Um, Mark wasn't as much as, as um, the rest of us. But uh, no, if someone was to ask me what is my pick of the week and which way they should just, if you wanted to focus on one bet and one bet in particular, would be to, Put the bills in at six and a half points. Now you're not going to get a great price. You might get evens 10 to 11. But if you want to have a good lump, as you say, on a bet, that's the one to go for. Okay. So that's your first, that's your first banker. Do you have uh, a treble bet for us this week? I do, yeah. Um, my treble bet would be the bills to uh, cover. Obviously, I'm putting them back in, in the bet. Um, I have the calls to cover at the eight, although I have to say I've taken it down to six and a half on a lesser odds. So... People who have different accounts, they can, you know, adjust their uh, line accordingly. So I've taken the calls down to six and a half. And the last one which I will be putting in is, sorry, I thought I had it written up here. It's gone away. Just give me a second. You're all right. Um, Where is it gone? Sorry, here you go. It's the Cowboys. It's the late game. That's why I couldn't pick it up on the list because it's the game kicking off at 20 past one on Sunday night going into Monday morning. So the Cowboys minus three. The Bills minus six and a half. If you want to be greedy, you can take the Colts minus eight. But I brought it down to six and a half. But that treble will pay around five to one. So the treble, five to one, put 20, 30 euro on that. You should see a return in the hundreds. Cowboys minus three, Bills minus six and a half. And the Colts minus six and a half. Brilliant. And look, like the experts and pros that we are here at uh, the Irish NFL podcast, we have our uh, host back with us, Mark Cockrell, and he'll join us now in a second. Hopefully we have not gone through any technical difficulties over the last few minutes. Not that anyone would have noticed, Brian. We have uh, gone through the betting at the moment. Before we put on to the final last bet that you have uh, picked for this week, I want to throw one to you. Uh, obviously, I am not as in tune with it, but I think during tonight we've kind of talked about some of the over bets, etc., that are available to see or week one. So I've come up with a little uh, four-way bet here to do an accumulator. I want your thoughts on it. So again, Cleveland Browns, Baltimore Ravens, over 48.5 points. Not, yeah, I agree with you there, yeah. We have the Raiders and the Carolina Panthers over 47.5 points. Yeah, I have that in here as well. The Hawks and the Falcons over 49.5. Yeah. And then the Bucks and the New Orleans Saints over 49.5. 
Yeah, that's it. That's four. I have to agree with you. I've already marked them down here. If you if you do that four four team four over accumulator, you're probably looking at around twelve to one, give or take. So yeah, an interest, an interest across four games. Yeah, I think the overs bets this uh, for week one in particular. I think as we kind of said, defenses will be whatever they can be, but I think you're just going to see a lot of high scoring games. So I think uh, yeah, twelve to one, ten euro bet, one hundred thirty seven euro return. That's definitely one of them. Um, and I suppose then the last and the final bet, you have a player bet for us every week as well. Yeah, I do. Yeah, so I'm going to give you a wide receiver anytime travel, which is Julio Jones of the Falcons, uh, Michael Thomas of the Saints, and Marquise Brown of the Ravens. So if you put them three in three, uh, a travel, they haven't declared the odds yet for those three. So I would expect, give or take, you might get around seven, seven to eight, seven or eight to one. And then for the people who are looking for a big price in terms of, um, Big odds on any time touchdowns, a quarterback bet. So I'm going to throw out a few, two players I think might surprise us with a touchdown this weekend. Derek Carr of the Raiders. Usually he's priced up between 16 and 20 to 1 to score a touchdown, which is overpriced in my opinion because he's always a lively player in and around the, um, the red zone. Mm. And this, is, this one will be a bit of a shock to you. Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow. I think will be a good sneak, anytime touchdown sneak on Sunday because I just don't think the expectation will be there with the Chargers. If they get towards the end zone, there'll be expect- expectation will be Mixon taking the ball in. And yeah. I just be wary of that. Um, he's, he's lively, he's good on his feet, he's scored a good few touchdowns running in for LSU. There's no price available at the moment, but I would expect how, when it being his fourth game, he'll certainly be looking around 20 to 1. Joe Burrow, Derek Carr. Tip for an um, anytime touchdown from a quarterback, a quarterback bet. I like that one. I think that's a really good solid bet. And I think, again, as we said, that's to round up the, the betting segment on the Irish NFL podcast. Um, delighted, as we said, to partner up with Horse Racing Buddy this year. Uh, so, again, you'll find all of Brian's tips on their NFL Twitter, uh, Instagram, and Facebook page. So, yeah, please go follow them. Uh, take a few tips and let them know that you've gotten uh, Brian's uh, views for week one. And hopefully they win. But again, don't come back to us if they don't. Um, I, think, uh, I, think, I think we've lost our host, so I think we'll just have to ro- finish no, no, Oh, I'm, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here during uh, yeah, COVID-inflicted uh, damage to my wife. Uh, well, we wanted um, entertainment that we got. I was listening... I was listening intently to your birds, Brian, and then folks, you know, you win more money on... The- Feel better than I do, so I will defer to you. However, Derek Carr, with his entirety of three career rushing touchdowns, would not be my first choice, to be honest. But yeah, we, we'll see when he embarrasses me by rushing him for a couple this, this, this weekend, I'm sure. Mark, I'm going um, to. But boys, I was just going to wrap it up because, you know, there's all the bets. There's the week one breakdown for you all, there's our Super Bowl bets. And do you know uh, that Mark? Mark, I'll step in. Mark, I'll, I'll step in for you there. We're um, we're enjoying the RoboCop uh, auto <laughs> that's coming through. On your <laughs> Fantastic way to finish week one, eh? What what a way to finish week one! And look, during the COVID times, everything we've experienced, it's been an amazing off season, guys. We've had great fun getting to this point. I know Brian. Has locked away the kids and the wife for the weekend. He's got the beers on tap. He's ready for it. So from everyone here at the Irish NFL podcast, uh, sponsored by Titan Roofing.
your one-stop shop for all rooting in Dublin. Uh, hope you all have a great weekend. Enjoy the NFL. And thanks again to uh, Mark and Brian. And we will chat to you all next week. Good, bo- good luck, boys. Thank you, girl. Thank you, Mark.